Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott and... Amy Weiss. And this is Seller Roundtable number 20, and we are super excited to have Yev Marasenko. Hopefully I said that right, Yev. Hey, yeah, that was perfect. Glad to be here. Yes. Yeah, I'm one of those guys who, you know, can speak like a little bit of Spanish, but then, you know, I watched a lot of movies, so I practice like all my different languages. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, like a few catchphrases. Um, cool. Thank you so much for, for uh, being with us. And uh, let's just get it started with a little bit about you, kind of where you're born, where you live now, past jobs, college, just kind of a general background so people can get to know you. Yeah, very quickly. Originally, I'm from Ukraine. I moved to U.S. when I was eight years old. So I kind of grew up with a little, little international perspective, but I pretty much grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, did uh, some schooling there, uh, maybe too much schooling, <laughs> but, but basically I was there for 15 years and um, I was in an environmental social science area, so very academic, very scientific training. And that's where I had my kind of data experience, kind of some uh, studying environments and so, uh, social <laughs> stuff, but through um, analysis, and got into marketing around four years ago and um, worked with a marketing agency and for a brand and then got into software more and helping you know, multiple brands. So kind of now an approach of trying to help as many people as possible and trying to find a bigger picture patterns and looking at you know, lots of data compared to just like within just one brand or one focus. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I saw a live that you did recently. I think it was on the, the uh, you know, the recent... Uh, suspensions where you, you, you did the, like this very extravagant uh, like uh, display and I was like man this guy is like above and beyond <laughs> it was but it was really good you explained it really well um, kind of sales velocity and all that fun stuff um, where did you uh, first learn about Amazon like did you start out as a seller and then kind of transfer into uh, the software as a service niche or, or kind of how'd you get started uh, with your with your SaaS yeah, I had that transition. So it was around four years ago. It was more of a career shift, upgrade, middle life crisis, whatever you want to call it, but kind of going from this academic scientific world where um, it was my wife, she sent me a video and it, it was the same time we moved from California to um, Seattle, Washington. That's where we are right now near Amazon HQ. And um, first video was from Ryan Daniel Moran. And that's how I found out about the Amazon world. And it was the shift where I wanted to get into more of the business and marketing world from this academic and took action right away. That was the key thing. I like opened up a business license, started finding out about products. So I was a seller myself and that lasted about half a year because I had no idea what I was doing. At that point, I didn't commit to purchasing a program. So I didn't like invest in myself. I was just like you know, getting all the free stuff, which helped me get to a certain level. Uh, but then things changed from there. And uh, that was, that was four years ago where it was totally new, new for me. Very cool. So, um, did you, um, so, so did you trade, like what, what did you do before the Amazon stuff? Uh, you know, job wise, I, I think I saw at some point you mentioned that you were like a teacher or something, right? So for, uh, early on, and this was where uh, my, my parents had, and this, this will have like a carpet cleaning business and water damage restoration molds. So like a, local service and I was helping like actually cleaning carpets while I was going to school but also doing some marketing like Google SEO and by marketing meaning I did like three clicks and that, that was as far as my Google SEO just you know very basic so for a few years 
But in academia, um, like that was my only job. So I was in there for more than 10 years in, in, in universities where basically for them to pay for your graduate school, you have to teach in return. So you're kind of teaching or you get funds later on. I had a bunch of grants and funding, but teaching and doing research. So that was mainly it. And then after, uh, after my PhD, I got a postdoc position, which is like almost like a professor. Uh, it's before that we're doing more research. So it was very academic. Um, those are my only jobs in like not even the real world because in academia, it's like its own little world over there. And then I got into a marketing agency and that was like the, the first transition um, after like my Amazon, uh, my own stint with my own brand. Cool. Well, it sounds like it translated pretty well though from, uh, you know, at least at a, at a data um, you know, and statistics and things like that standpoint. It's kind of like Amy with all her, you know, experience in like 10 jobs in the, in the military. She's got that like crazy, uh, you know, way to get things done. So I'm a little jealous of, of uh, you know, Amy's uh, GTD uh, ninja tactics. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Like the, whether it's like the organization getting stuff done, that's uh, one of my weaknesses. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good that you know that, you know, that that's, uh, you know, the last few years I keep telling people that's what I've been, you know, everybody concentrates on what they're good at. They do what they're good at. And then, you know, as you, as you go along, you, you figure out that you actually need to concentrate what you're not <laughs> on what you're not good at and get good at that too. So that's what I, you know, before like trying to do live videos for me, I'm still like this shy guy and um, I'm going to do, you know, I've done like public speaking and stuff before, but I'm doing a, a conference, uh, the Midwest Ecom conference in, uh, I think it's July. July. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's going to be my oh, first first yeah. kind of speaking thing that I've done in a long time. So I'm I'm a little little worried about that. But uh, you know, oh, I, for a while there, I was just challenging myself to like do a like Facebook Live, like something like this every day, just to like you know get over that. Uh, oh know. yeah, it definitely helps. You know, at least talking with people in front of people, not in person. Yeah, totally different, but right better than not talking at all. So you'll get there. Yeah, exactly. So um, what was the biggest challenge when you started with, I know you, you, you did the Amazon business, sounds like for not very long, and then into the SaaS business. Like what were some of the big challenges? Like you, you just mentioned, you know, getting things done, you realized that that was like a challenge for you. Um, anything else uh, that you had, you know, challenge-wise uh, getting up to speed on, on those businesses? Absolutely. The biggest thing would be relevant for focus and narrowing in, a, in an area, which now I realized it was an, an advantage because I was new to marketing and the business world. So even though I was like all over the place, I'm like, oh, like, what's this affiliate marketing? How do I do that? And then like eBooks and physical products and like all of these different models of business and the online world, making money online, making impact online. So it was no focus. It was like every week something new. And then the foundation was the Amazon business. That's what I was growing. But at the same time, all of this other stuff. And it was actually good because I realized it kind of, I was like a fast learner and it got me up to speed really quick. It's like, what's out there? You know, like now I actually started getting an idea like, oh, like here's retail arbitrage, here's like drop shipping. I'm starting to get an idea like where like not to go. So like, how, how can I cut through? So the lack of focus was important after you're just a beginner where the focus will help something scale and grow and evolve from it. But our biggest challenge, um, just being all over the place way too much. And even, even like Facebook groups, I've been in so many groups, not committed to like one, you know, learning the people. And there was one that I was like really in, that's where I like build up my expertise and connections, but in like a hundred groups, and I was like, not focused, biggest challenge for sure. 
I think that's a, I think that's a pretty common challenge for like pretty much 95% of entrepreneurs. I know Amy and I are like, we talk every week. We're like, Oh, what about this? Oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do this. So I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty standard. Um, you know. And then I get on the, uh, in the meeting with Andy and I'm like, Andy, focus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we will never do all the things that we want to do. And, yep. you know, and I think that's even with our clients too, you know, Andy and I both do consulting and people just get, stuck in information overload, which I'm sure is also hard when you do data analytics, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, there's so much information. How do I narrow it down into what is actually usable and actionable? Yeah, and even though just because I'm used to looking at data, I, like, I probably think about data different when I see it. I just like don't have that resistance, but definitely talking with people because it just like flies over their, their, their head depending on what the data is. <laughs> when there's so many other things to do in marketing. So for sure, trying to simplify uh, that, that focus is key right now to have, to have something grow. Yeah, it's fantastic. So um, yeah, have you heard, I, I'm sure you've heard of this. Do, do you know much more about um, uh, Amazon attribution? I know there, it, supposedly it's gonna be, uh, right now you can't really use it for tracking conversions off of Amazon, but that's kind of the plan. Um, do you have any, any details on that? And um, you know, are, how are you gonna, um, how are you going to utilize that for, for your business? Yeah, this is the one that was in like beta for a while. That one, right? That's right. right. Yeah. Yes. I have some insights. Um, biggest one, probably disappointed. And this is uh, talking with different people that having and looking at some of the data and the different features where I don't think it's what a lot of people expected. And uh, just the biggest takeaway is that it's probably not going to be useful for most people. And that's, uh, one is probably because at least at the moment and if it does start rolling out it's either in like vendor central and if there's some sort of migration later from vendor central to seller central where it, uh, you need to have a product in a, and not like a decoy product where you know you have access to ams by like having a bogus product like you actually need that product and actually actively uh, using it for uh, for scaling and attribution so that i think that eliminates a lot of people finding use for, from it and then the other part is the actual functionality. At first, it sounds really cool because of the attribution. And the more advanced brands will be able to use it. They'll figure it out. And by more advanced, I mean like 10 million per year and above. Like between that, like in some cases where it's within the Amazon platform, all of that data. So if you want to keep everything in the Amazon platform, that's great. That's good for you. It's all in one place. But, you know, in like in... Google ads, Facebook ads, whatever other platform, it's not like the data is there and you're leveraging that attribution platform. So for convenience, for like testing, optimizing, scaling, it's nice to have the data wherever you're, wherever you're running the campaigns and it doesn't seem like that's gonna be the case here. Um, even if it falls further where, um, I think they're even like excluding Facebook from it. I think like you can do certain things with Googles and tags, but it's not like a Facebook integration. So um, I think it's going to be limited. I, I don't know if I'm that excited. At first I was excited about it, but not based on what I'm hearing so far. Yeah, that's exactly what I kind of got to. I was hoping for, you know, being able to like paste in like uh, conversion snippets or, you know, something really sweet like that <laughs> where you could do retargeting and all that. But I think, uh, yeah, I don't think they want that. I think they, they, they were kind of forced to give away some of these brand analytics data uh, because of the antitrust and all that. But I think, you know, th there's a certain point where they don't want to share that data with, you know, Walmart and and target and some of their competitors, I think they, you know, they, they, they feel like that could help them um, if, if they're figuring out where, you know, where the customers are coming from and things like that. So mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I think I agree with you. I think that it's going to be a, a semi disappointment, but I'm hoping that at some point we'll get something that's semi workable. 
Yeah. So cool. So what is your uh, process uh, for building like an offsite traffic plan? Any tips like how to target a niche, uh, how to build your ads, things like that. Cause I know that uh, uh, Zon Tracker, the premise is from what I understand is that people building campaigns on Facebook and then driving the traffic to Amazon. And then um, you guys are looking at, I, I'm guessing the offsite uh, conversion data, but it's all, all automatic. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess I forgot that in the introduction, just having the most experience with Facebook ads and I, I was with the brand Hiroplu for a while, so that was this perfect experience of driving a lot of traffic and then over the past year working with lots of brands, seeing a lot of brands spending a lot of money and, and uh, having a lot of impact on either just to your website or, or to Amazon. So there's these patterns that I'm seeing across um, all kinds of accounts and ranging from if you're spending $100 per day or $10,000 per day on, on Facebook ads for different goals. There's, for the plan, so there's a micro plan and then a, a uh, and then a macro plan. So you kind of have to think at two different levels. The bigger one is that specifically for Amazon, I see a lot of people having trouble is how does your campaign, this plan fit into what you want to accomplish? Because this, it's kind of like two like very uh, major groups of Amazon sellers, the way they're using Facebook ads. One is some sort of launching where you like, you just go after using a messenger bot and you have this campaign and, uh, and within that, it may be you're getting either you're launching a product or um, reviews or like, you know, using whatever system, you know, search, find, buying, rebates, it's like all of these, but it's all within this process of ranking or launching. So that's a goal. And then the other category, which is like more e-commerce focused, where someone that has a website and presence and Amazon and, and they're being a little bit more strategic, how do they leverage their website to amplify Amazon. There's different subcategories within that. For example, someone that's only focused on their website and like they're doing really well on Amazon, but they know they could leverage Facebook and other platforms better for, uh, for their website only. So like more uh, just e-commerce. And then there's all of the spillover traffic to Amazon. So they're like happy with it. So, um, and then trying to track that in different ways, but, uh, but website focused. And then the ones that are like a hybrid of the two, like I think these are the most exciting for me where you can get way more creative on who's purchasing where, on your website, on your, on your Amazon, because there's different psychologies of people. So this is more of the uh, uh, traffic plan. First, the macro picture, what is your goal for what is gonna happen with, throughout that customer journey? Is it, even if it is like Amazon ranking, let's say like keyword ranking on Amazon sales, you can accomplish that in so many different ways. So can you get creative with a website in some way or with a, some sort of funnel process customer journey where messenger bot will certainly help with that. There's like a lot of momentum. We see people talking about that. And if it's uh, like not asking like, you know, is that better or a landing page better or some other website? Don't ask like what's better or not. Think more about what is that customer journey where some people will never buy from your website. Some people will never buy from Amazon. Think where can you funnel certain people that way you're kind of like capturing um, everybody and I don't mean everybody as like being a generalist, but your very targeted audience where along the way can you target and track them and have different multiple touch touch points with the customers so that's kind of like the grand um, the my, the macro plan first how are you leveraging the external traffic for your Amazon specifically one goal and think a little bit more beyond that goal how can you uh, then leverage for the future if you're growing your your audience, then is it going to be where at some point you're going to send people j just to your website because your story may be better there. Your tracking is going to be better there. And only some people sending to Amazon, it's going to be higher quality 
meaning that whoever didn't buy and like they're just ready to buy the Amazon, they're probably going to go on Amazon anyway. Um, so that's like one of the things with Zontracker, we can kind of like track some of those spillover sales. People will go to Amazon and purchase. Why not make that experience even easier for them? So like actually show ads for Amazon, but after you show ads that are more like branded and, and for your website. So it's kind of like some of it, some people think of it as the low hanging fruit, you know, like who's going to buy where, like making it the right journey for the right person at the right time. So <clears throat> micro, this is a direction. So maybe I'll pause there before the micro plan of actually running traffic. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, so, so it's kind of like uh, the, the way it's kind of what I'm, what I'm understanding is that you're saying that like a lot of people will start out with cold traffic uh, to their website or to their brands. Um, and then once they, you know, once that traffic has seen their brand a few times in a, in a few ads or gotten into, um, into one of the, uh, you know, uh, chatbot funnels that now that they're warmed up to your brand, if they still haven't converted um, on, on your website, that now you start showing them Amazon ads and they might convert there. Is that kind of? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely seen patterns where that's becoming more best practices where say like a year ago and over the past year where a lot of brands are not doing that. They're just kind of sticking within one channel. Again, focus is important, but this isn't about focus channel. I'm not telling you to master Twitter or, or whatever or, or Instagram or other channels. It's about being very focused on your customer journey. So that's right. Knowing when to show what to your target audience. Cool. Um, <clears throat> is there a way that, uh, you know, uh, kind of give, give me a quick overview on, on, uh, you know, more best practice wise, like, um, how you're having people, uh, set up the campaigns and then, you know, if they, if they're performing, how are they, how are they scaling these campaigns? For the, uh, setting up the campaigns, this is, uh, this part I'm seeing, and this is just communicating and, um, interacting with a lot of agencies. So this data is coming more from agencies as opposed to, actually brands just because there's more scale right like an agency is working with like 20 or 100 accounts so interacting with those you know um account managers and kind of seeing um talking with them like what they're doing and how can they utilize on tracker and seeing their the patterns there is campaign structure is really important and even though there's a lot of focus on like your website only this is where as amazon sellers we have an advantage we can get strategic where a lot of the experts in Facebook ads and e-commerce, they just love their website. They love the Facebook pixel so much. They want to keep all their traffic on their website. Like they don't want to send people to Amazon. They're hesitant. So we kind of have an advantage for that. So like finally somewhere we have an advantage, but it's basically how can we uh, leverage those different journeys? And that's where campaign structure is important. And on the individual seller accounts, like I, I, I rarely see this. This doesn't, this is where the way your campaigns are set up, where it's, cold traffic, hot traffic, are you sending people to your website, to Amazon, separate that out. That's not like any takeaway, just separate that out. And I'll say like 80% are, are not doing that. They have certain campaigns that may be gaining traction, but there's so much low hanging fruit on knowing that here's a warmer audience, here's a hot audience. And you just do that in campaign structure. So simply at the campaign level, then when you're getting to the ad set level, you can kind of do it anywhere at those levels. Just know who's in each category. And I'm not talking about interest. I'm talking about the customer journey from, from cold to hot. Separate that out very quickly. Just a lot of brands, like I'm telling you, I see this for a lot of Amazon accounts. They're just like blending everything together. One, organizationally it's better, but also algorithmically. It'll help Facebook keep the data separate to know how to optimize for more of those types of visitors, how to get more of the cold people warmer, 
how to get the warm people like hot purchasers and then you know these ones aren't buying on the website let's send them to Amazon or they're not buying on Amazon let's send them to the website you can actually do that if you're if you can interpret it but that's the campaign structure am I understanding all of it right yeah that everything though starts on Facebook so the whole idea behind Zon tracker is Facebook ads so are these right for every brand and every product in your opinion? If talking specifically about Zon Tracker, that's correct where Facebook ads is the starting point. So the software is made for Facebook ads that lead to Amazon sales and it kind of doesn't matter what happens in between. So like even uh, this week somebody was, I was explaining the features and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know we do that, where you can send your traffic to someone else's website, which is common, like a micro-influencer talked about you and then they link to your Amazon store, send traffic there, someone else is talking about you, it's kind of like a third-party reviewer, it's the good for branding, social proof, and then if they buy on Amazon, that data is an Amazon that gets sent back to Facebook. So, But yes, it's for, for Facebook, and then this comes back to a bigger question, if it's right for the brand or not, and this is where... Uh, I guess it gets a little bit tricky. I would say like pretty much anyone can possibly make it work in Facebook. It's worth trying. There may be like Pinterest, maybe better or Instagram for certain channels, but it's all about your resources. This is where more organizational focus is more important than the channel. If you know someone that knows like you, you on the team or someone or a contractor that is just better than Pinterest for whatever reason, then just like start with there because you'll figure it out. You'll have way less competition in advertising. So, uh, I think we can get into a different question, like what categories or niches are more better for Facebook versus other platforms. But in terms of either starting out or scaling, I, I've seen across all levels, someone just starting off with no spend and they figure it out, they build their audience, it's profitable. And the ones that are at scale, like they're spending thousands of dollars per day and then increase, like increasing after that with you know, different tweaks and strategy, more advanced strategy for, for their website and Amazon. So that range could be for, for anybody. Cool. Thank you. So, um, you have curious when you, when people are using Zon tracker, um, are they, are you doing, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you, because you're tracking conversions, the, um, the goal when they spin up the campaigns are going to be conversions, correct? Or is it, uh, is it going to be uh, clicks or, or, you know, what, what, uh, clicks with a secondary as, uh, uh conversions or, or how are you having people set those up? Yeah. Uh, you said it very basically, but I'm going to make a very key distinction there is that Facebook, has never had the feet, the functionality to optimize for like Amazon purchase. So it's, it's actually a new Zon tracker feature. Like it just came out uh, uh, within the past couple of months where you can optimize your Facebook ads for Amazon purchases. And there's, and like, there's, there's no other way. There's like other features that it has and there's like, you can do it manually or there's other softwares that do it. But this one, uh, it's an, it's, it's newest thing. Like you can't do it any other way. So this is where, it's kind of like having the Facebook pixel on Amazon. It's like a workaround. It's not exactly that. Like Amazon doesn't have that functionality. So you're telling Facebook where get me more Amazon customers. And this is like the next level of having lookalikes or similar audiences to Amazon customers. This is like active ad delivery for Amazon purchases. So yes, you do that. But when you choose that objective, you're telling Facebook charge me more money because you're, you're selecting a higher cost of higher quality objective. So Facebook knows like, Who's, who are shoppers or not versus clicks or uh, different engagement. Those are typically cheaper. So this is where order matters. As you're starting to test campaigns, 
you want to go with the lower quality objectives because they're cheaper. You're going to get way more data faster to kind of narrow down the direction of the Facebook algorithm to know who to show your ads to and how they're showing it. So first, like any of the engagement ones is, is the best practice, whether it's video views, click, page post engagement, like all of those, like messages, like test all of those. And then in between is some sort of custom conversion, custom conversion, getting people to click onto Amazon, going to Amazon. This is where you can get really strategic. I only see advanced brands doing this, but I think like smaller brands, intermediate brands can do this too, is putting those links in places that you can advertise, like a third party website, like a third uh, review, like some sort of funnel where it's not like just on your website or immediately in your messenger bot, but somewhere later on, you have a link that if someone clicks it, you're optimizing on that link click. So you may start off with 10,000 people seeing your ad and 1,000 people clicking and in your journey and then 100 see it down the funnel somewhere. Like Facebook is going to optimize for that like downstream process like way later. So you can use that strategically and then the next level beyond that is optimizing for purchases. But you kind of need the previous data for the purchases to be even more effective. So it's like a sequence and then once you have, you'll get, you're starting to get Amazon purchases and it's trackable, then do all of them at the same time because that's where Campaign structure is important, right? How I was saying before, you still need those low quality ones. They're like building up your top of the funnel or it's like building up your awareness for the bottom funnel ads to be more effective. And Amazon sellers, again, have that advantage where like this funnel looks a little bit different than normal e-commerce just to your website. Yeah, that's a great point. I think a lot of people, especially we have a lot of, uh, this is true for a lot of PVC customers as well. Uh, just advertising in general, when people don't have a lot of experience with, uh, with ads is <clears throat> testing is huge, you know, testing uh, different ad formats, like you said, video, um, you know, chats, um, you know, all the different types of, uh, you know, all the different ways of targeting. Um, there's so many different knobs to turn that, um, you know, that's how you really find uh, kind of the gems. It's the same thing with PVC, you know, you, you have to do a ton of testing first to find out what's going to work really well. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.